Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Through Christ we can stand through whatever's going on. He's, he will enable us to stand no matter what's going on. And thirdly, I think we do need to get back to worship. Personal worship, corporate worship, the Church of Jesus Christ, that is, that's a powerful place for us. It's unique for us. It's, it's something that's just ours. And I think we need to tap into this more. I think worship is, I don't think it's just a weapon. So our worship is to God, but I do believe it can function as that. I do believe there's victory in our worship. God inhabits the praises of his people. In today's message from Pastor Bill, he teaches you the importance of worship. Your worship to the Lord is powerful. Worship helps to encourage you. It grows you closer to the Lord, and it's a spiritual weapon. Pastor Bill encourages you to continue to meet regularly with your local church to worship as one body. The gathering of believers to give praise to God is a mighty gift and blessing. There's plenty to worship the Lord for. He's worthy of all your praise. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 15 as he continues his message, Victory in the Midst of Chaos. Back to Revelation 15, it says, those who have the victory, and, and again, the, the way they receive the victory, these people have believed in Jesus, and they're walking with Jesus in the midst of extreme chaos, oppression, demonic and satanic attack against them, and the threat of death loomed over them. These people understood, you'll die for this eventually. You're more than likely going to die. You've seen other believers die, and your day is coming, and so, but they continued with the Lord, and and they have victory over the beast. And I just want you to know, one of the ways that we have victory over the beast is just we don't fear him. If you fear God, if you submit to God, if they feared the beast, if they were concerned with what he might do to them, maybe they would succumb. Maybe they would, they would bow the knee. Maybe they would go ahead and take the mark. But it says, nope, they have victory over the beast. They have victory over his image and over his mark. So they had that victory. That I, I want you to understand the intense temptation it would be to go and take this mark, you need to buy and sell. You can't participate in the, you know, the monetary process. And they, they have victory over, over the number of his name. And so God says these guys had total victory. And then it says the next word after that is that they were standing. Again, when I think of them standing, they're standing over this sea that's a mixture. It, it, it looks like something that's like glass mingled with fire. And it says that they're just standing, recognizing they're not in a defeated posture. The posture that they're in is one of victory. They're standing. You know, I, I, would, I would presume if the enemy was defeating you, you might be laid out. You might be knelt down. You might be, you know, put down. But they're standing there in the midst of all the chaos and all the things that the enemy is doing, standing on the sea of glass. Then it says, having harp, the harps of God. And I just think about that. Just in the midst of all they're going through, these guys got musical instruments. They're standing there victorious over the enemy while he's having his heyday, mind you, and they got instruments of worship. God's, somehow God's, God's let these guys have harps, and John just sees them standing. I want you to consider this, because I, I think it is a word to us. One, and it's, I do believe this, because in a moment, they just got instruments, but they're going to be singing songs in just a moment. And I, I, I think this is so important and so powerful for believers if we can learn from them. One thing that is unique, I believe it's unique to the church, it's ours. It's the nobody else can participate in it is worship, true worship. Only those that really know God 
can interact with God, can speak to God, can worship God. That's ours. That's something that's unique to us and it unites us, right? They're, they're all able to sing the same song. If I get with believers from Russia, India, Africa, America, China, wherever we come from, we all came the same way. We all entered in the same way. We all bowed the knee at the same place. We all came via the cross of Christ. And that's, that's the thing that unites us. And so when I consider the world in which we live, because we learned earlier that the people that are there from every tribe, every tongue, every nation, God is saving someone from everywhere. And, and they're absolutely unified in this. We've all come the same way. We all worship the same king and we all love the same Lord and we all have been washed in the same blood and we're all getting ready to go to the same heaven. And I would just say this, in a world that's so chaotic, like the one that we're living in right now, and there's so much division and there's all that, could it just not happen in the church? I understand the world behaving the way it behaves. I get it. It's the world. I understand. I get it. I mean, it's the world. You know, we all, apart from Christ, there's no limit to the wickedness, the evil, the debauchery, the sin that we can do. And so I get it. That's the world. But the church, it's, it just should look different here, family. It should look different in the church of Jesus Christ. We should be able to come together. There should be love and compassion for one another. All types of different people should be able to come together and recognize who's better. Who's better than anybody at the foot of the cross? Nobody. Doesn't matter. Crack addict, businessman, foot of the cross. We need the same thing. I need the blood of Jesus. No one needs it more or less. Just the same. We all meet there. There's equality. That's something Greg Laurie used to say that there's equality at the foot of the cross. Everybody needs what Jesus did just as much as the next person does. And so, but in worship as well as, as these guys stand in the victory that Christ has afforded them in the midst of satanic and demonic chaos, they stand here with harps in their hands. And then it says in verse three, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, right? They got these two songs kind of mingled together. It's not two different songs, one song, but it's the song of Moses and it's the song of the Lamb. And if you were to take both errors, right, you look at Moses, and Moses was the one that God used to, to deliver, to bring them out of bondage, to bring them out of bondage in Egypt. He didn't quite get to bring them all the way into the promised land. And then the Lamb, the Lamb's the one that takes us all the way in. The Lamb of God is the one who takes away the sins of the world and affords you and me opportunity to enter into the Holy of Holies, enter into a relationship with, with God via uh, through Jesus Christ and what he's done. And so this is a unique song. This is not a song that the world could sing. This is not a song anybody else in the tribulation period could sing. This is a song only they could sing. And I would just say this, church, there's some songs, worship songs, only we can sing. And we ought to be singing them together in a time like this. Now, I want to consider this. Why, are they, why would they worship right now? Right? Hell is breaking loose. Things are going bananas. Death for them is on the way. It's certain. Satan is ruling and reigning. He's having his last little hoorah on the earth. But look at what the believers are doing. They're gathered together. They're not gathering because it's a good time for them. They're not gathered together because they're having a great time. And they're, they're, This isn't kumbaya. This is we trust Jesus. This is we're still victorious. Something that God has given, you can't take it from us, is that we have eternal life. Our sins are washed away in the blood of the lamb, and you can't touch that. You can't put me in enough jails to take away 
the, what Jesus did for me. I can never be bound. I am absolutely free. And so they're just demonstrating, they're, they're demonstrating right in front of their captors, if you will, that they're free, that they're delivered. It's like when Paul and Silas were in the bottom of the jail and they worshiped. Think about what that had to say. They just were beaten. Then they were put in the bottom of the jail, the soggy, damp, wet, nasty part of the jail. And they said, man, let's just sing a few songs. And they got down there and they just start worshiping the Lord. There was something powerful about that. There was something supernatural about that. It was a witness to other prisoners. It was a witness to the one that, had, that was in charge of them, that, that jailed them, that put them there. It was a witness. And God mightily used it at that time. And I believe that on a day like today, with all that's going on, what churches should do, what believers should do, we, we ought to be speaking the, the word of God. We ought to be coming together and worshiping the Lamb. And I know we've been kept from that. You know, I don't want to say this. I, I, I had this thought. I got to be careful with the stuff that come out of my mouth because I, I can't always say everything I think because I think crazy stuff, you know. But I did have this thought. You know, I just looking at, I was looking at all the, the things last night and the burning and the chaos and the, all this stuff. And I just thought, I bet they won't close churches down again. You know, like this is, I, you know, make you wonder if like, man, we shut church down for a couple months and look at, look at what's happening. They better open up all the churches, you know, and, and then people need to worship. They need to, they need to get back to worship and sitting under the word of God. I hope that the folk out there ain't from your church. I know they're not from my church, but you know, but we know they need what we're doing here in the church. And so we need to worship. That's the song of the saints. And I do believe we need to come together. We need to speak these things. We need to sing these things. We need to celebrate the victory that we have. We need to show the world. The world can't, they don't have the answers. They're not going to have enough marches. They're not going to have, they'll never find the answers that are found only in Christ. And so it, I think it's imperative that the church, that we be the answer and that we demonstrate to the world, this is the answer. This is the answer to all of that that we come to Christ and we find an equality at the foot of the cross where we treat people different because of who Jesus is to us. Uh, we believe different about people because of who Jesus is. We believe that people become new, new creations. All things are passed away. All things have become new. I believe the church has got a model to the world what it looks like, how there can be equity, how there can be love, how there can be all the things that the world lacks. The church is, I believe it's our job to demonstrate that to the world. And so they have victory. They're standing on the sea of glass. They have harps, the harps of God. And so it's interesting. They don't just have harps, the harps of God. That means that these are instruments of worship. And I would just point this out. God loves music. We, it keeps showing up. And the first music ever made, ever, ever, ever made was worship. Worship is the, the original form of music. Music in its purest form is worship to glorify God. Remember that. And now they sing these songs. It says in verse three, they sing the song of Moses and the servant of God and the song of the lamb saying, these are the words of the song, great and marvelous are your works, the Lord, Lord God almighty. And I'm just going to piece it down. They're, they're worshiping God. They're saying, God, great and marvelous are your works, worshiping you for what you've done, your works, great and marvelous your works are. Then they call him Lord God Almighty, recognizing this, that, that word, that title, that name for God, the Almighty, that there's none above you. Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, right? They're living in a time of, of absolute anarchy, total injustice. They say, never mind the world. They're talking to their Lord. Just and true are your ways. 
as we live in times where we see injustice and it can be frustrating and angry, just look to the Lord. God, just and true are your ways. All be made right through you one day. O King of the saints, recognizing as believers that he's our king. This is what they sing to the Lord. Verse four says, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? Who shouldn't fear you? Who, should, who shouldn't glorify your name? They're saying to the Lord, who shall not fear you and glorify your name? You guys know that everybody one day is going to, the Bible says in Philippians that every, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we're wise if we go ahead and say it now. We're wise if we go ahead and, and speak these things now on the right side of, of the Lord. And so, but one day everybody's going to acknowledge it anyway. And so, who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. Ascribing to God just his attributes, holiness, and it's you alone. God, there's none like you. You're the only one. Nobody else is like you. You alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. A recognition that every God's saving people from every nation. They're all going to come and worship before him. For your judgments have been manifested. And it says... And after these things, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And let me stop there. They sang this song to the Lord. Verse five kind of moves to a a different scene. But I just want to say one last thing about my victors here. Their victory is complete. It's over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name. In victory, they stand. They're not laying down. They're not beat down. They're standing on the sea of glass is mingled with fire. And thirdly, they sing. They sing worship to the Lord. And I want you to understand this about worship. I want you to notice how much of this song is to the Lord. It's all about God, right? Sometimes today people do music, they call it worship, but it's, it's about you. It's, it's you songs. I'm going to do. I did. Yada, yada, yada. Worship is to God. And I want you to notice, you see your works your ways, you. It's all these words, and this this is to God. I'm singing this to you. It's about who you are, and it's to you, and it's about you, and it's for you, and I hope it glorifies you. Remember that about worship. If it's true worship, if you can't sing it to God in truth, then you might want to consider if you should sing it at all. True worship is sung to the Lord. It's it's about him. It's to him. It's for him. There's other forms of music that we might enjoy that, that are edifying, but worship it's for the Lord, it's to the Lord. So remember that next time you feel like, oh, I didn't really like that song. It wasn't for you. It wasn't to you. It wasn't about you. Was it true about who God is? Praise the Lord, right? So worship, I trip out when Christians are like, I, I don't really like that worship song. It's, it wasn't for you. <laughs> so, you know, be like somebody singing you happy birthday. You know, I, I don't like that rendition. You know, this is, this is, this is, uh, this is to the Lord. It's, it's his song. And so moving on, verse five, after these things, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. And so they, you know, what they had on earth was a, you know, almost a, a reenactment of what's in reality in heaven, this temple in heaven, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony. It was opened up in heaven. John gets to see in, in the vision. Verse six says, and out of the temple came seven angels, the seven angels having the seven plagues. And they were clothed in pure bright linen, having their chests girded with golden bands. So there's seven angels coming out with these final seven, we'll see in a moment, bowls of judgment that God is going to pour out on the earth. And it says they have, they're clothed in pure bright linen and they have these golden bands. So these, these angels are in high priest garments. 
Uh, these are priestly garments that they're wearing. So the priest would wear the sash, the, what they're calling the band. The priest would wear the linen things. And so someone wondered, man, why are these angels coming out of the temple and they're coming out with these things? They're going to execute God's final judgment as they go forth. One of the things that the priest would do for the people in the Old Testament is he would, he would execute judgment. The priest would, would take, they would hear matters and they would seek the Lord about what was right, what was not. They would give, you know, just measures to the people. And so these angels are going to be going out to do God's bidding, his final judgments as they come down. Verse seven, then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And again, I want you just to consider this, that these angels are, they got these, each angel has a bowl, a golden bowl, and it says it's full, full of the wrath of God. And note this, it's the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. You could skip over that and miss something. It's the wrath of God that lives forever and ever. This is why that's important. If you come under the mercy of God who lives forever and ever, how long is that mercy going to last you, right? If you come under salvation to the Lord that lives forever and ever, how long will you be saved? Forever and ever. He reigns forever and ever. When the Bible says of his, of his kingdom, there shall be no end. There's a comfort in that to the believer. That means if, I, if, if I'm a subject... If Jesus is my king and I come into his kingdom, his kingdom will never come to an end. He's never going to be knocked off the throne. So there's a security in our relationship with the Lord. And I believe that believers are, if we're, in a, if we're born again, that we're secure in our relationship with the Lord. No one's going to take us out of his hands. Uh, recently in the reading in John, he said, I haven't lost any of those that you've given me. And so, but whatever it is with God is forever and ever, right? If you die a believer, you're saved forever and ever. But if you die a non-believer, you are lost forever and ever. And so it's a forever and ever situation. These angels have the golden bowls full of God, the, the wrath of God that lives forever and ever. Just remember that, that he lives forever and ever. No other God does. No other, no other so-called God, faulty deity, whatever, lives forever and ever. Just, just the Lord Jesus forever and ever, the eternal God. Verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. And no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. And we see this many times in scripture where God's glory, the Shekinah of God, it would just fill the temple, would fill the area with smoke to where you couldn't even see. And so the temple was filled with smoke from his power, from the glory of God and from his power. And it says no one was able to enter the temple. That's important, right? If no one can enter the temple, it seems to indicate that from this point, there's not going to be any more intercession. There's not going to be anybody. There's not going to be an interruption to the judgment. From this point, God's wrath is going forth. Everybody that's getting it is getting it. And so no one's able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels are, were completed. So no one else is coming in until everybody gets the, these seven bowls are going to be poured out. And we won't go through those this week, but they're, you know, if you read ahead, if you want, they're pretty pretty bad. You know, I, I figured I'd, I'd end on this note today. Next week, you know, we'll, we'll look at the loathsome sores, sores and waters turn to blood and, you know, all the different things that they're going to have as these, these bold judgments go out. But for right now, this ends, this is the prelude to the bold judgments. And so what I'd like to do is this, a couple things. One, I'd like people to consider where they stand with the Lord. As we've taken a glimpse into the future, tribulation period, Worst time of period on earth ever. Satan literally ruling and reigning on the earth for his little, he's got his little two minutes of fame. 
and we got the unholy trinity of, of the Antichrist, the false prophet and the beast doing their thing. In the midst of that, there are people that find Christ. They get born again and they, they continue with the Lord through great difficulty, though they're oppressed, though they can't buy or sell, though everything and everyone is against them, they just hold their ground. And God paused the judgments of Revelation to say, check them out. Check them out. Check out those that have victory over the beast and over the, the image and over the number of his name. And over, check them out. Check out what they're doing. Uh, they're just holding their ground. They're standing. They're worshiping. But their victory that they have is in the Lord. And so I would just say to us, for the believers that are listening, again, as this is a glimpse into the future, we're living right here, right now. I believe our reality is better than theirs. Our, our chaos, though it's great in our world right now, um, it's not as chaotic as theirs. And so we can learn from them. We can take, we can glean from this. First thing we can glean is if we're going to have victory, for us, it's not going to be over the beast and over the image and over that. If we're going to have victory over the enemy of our day, it's going to come through the blood of the lamb. It's going to come through relationship with Jesus Christ, just like these guys. And so if you're listening, you either are one side or other, you either have received Jesus as Lord and Savior and you know this, or you don't know him yet, and today for you can be the day of salvation. If you don't know him yet, uh, we invite you. The door, I mean, the, God says for, for where he stands, the door is open. Anybody who comes, he'll save. He says in Romans 10, 13, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's not turning anybody away that wants to receive his forgiveness. If you're sitting and listening, and maybe you didn't believe before, but you believe right now that Jesus died for your sins and rose from the grave, and you want to you want to receive him. Know this. He wanted to receive you even before this. And we want to invite you to do that today. So our victory comes through Jesus. We too can stand, right? We stand in the Lord. That's, that's our the strength we stand in. We stand in him. We stand in his truth. We stand in his power. And we can stand through Christ. We can stand through whatever's going on. He's, he will enable us to stand no matter what's going on. And thirdly, I think we do need to get back to worship. Personal worship, corporate worship, the church of Jesus Christ, that is, that's a powerful place for us. It's unique for us. It's, it's something that's just ours. And, and I think we need to tap into this more. I think worship is, I don't think it's just a weapon. Our worship is to God, but I do believe it can function as that. I do believe there's victory in our worship. I believe it's something powerful when the, all the different people that God has drawn to himself over the world, different types of people, different classes, different colors, different races, when we all come together and say, Jesus is king, we stand on that. And we can sing that. We can declare that together. I think it's powerful. I think our world is missing it. I think we need to, I think as the church of Jesus Christ, we need to work towards more and more of that. Believers need to get together. We need to be the answer that the world around us is looking for. We're in the midst of the chaos. We have the answers. We also need to be the answer. And so if you're a Christian, you're born again, be careful about being so influenced by, if you're, if you're more influenced by your culture, your politics, your surroundings, than you are in, influenced by Jesus Christ, I would call you to repent. You're part of the problem. If, if Jesus is, it should be reigning as Lord, it should be all that matters is what he says. But if, if there's some other voices in your head that matter a lot, you need to tune them down, shut them down, shut them up should be Christ alone. Nothing matters but him. No one receives the glory but him. No one is celebrated like Christ alone. And so 
that would be my, my charge to my brothers and sisters that are in Christ. But I also want to put an invitation out to those that are saying, I, I want in. I want my sins forgiven. I want victory through the blood of the Lamb as well. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of Revelation is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit CalvaryEnglewood.org and click on media, or you can download our mobile app to listen to more teachings. You'll find a link on our website. You can also search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in our app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest times and locations for services. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as a family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we've looked into the book of Revelation, keep in mind that this book is not all doom and gloom. It ends the way the Bible began, in paradise. For those who love and follow Jesus, this book provides hope in God rescuing us from all that is broken and corrupt. So keep looking for that in the midst of much heartache here on earth. If you felt the blessing of this ministry in your life, we'd love for you to partner with us in praying for those who hear a transforming word. As the message go out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. This ministry is a great opportunity to share the good news of Jesus and his salvation. We ask that you pray for ears to be opened, hearts to be softened, and for lives to be changed. That's all we have time for today. Join us again for another edition with Pastor Bill on A Transforming Word.